Hello and welcome to the Aware Parenting Stories podcast. My name is Joss Golden and I'm so happy that you're here. In this podcast series, I interview people who are passionate about parenting. We talk about many things to do with parenting and motherhood and explore the joys and challenges that we all face in our families. The aim of the podcast is to share more about aware parenting, to inspire us all on our parenting adventures, and to support us all to raise our children with more awareness, connection, and love. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Aware Parenting Stories podcast. Today, I'm very excited to be having a conversation with Hafa Guadalupe. Did I pronounce your name right? Yes. Hafa, oh. <laughs> thank you so much for making time to come onto the podcast and talk to us. We've been trying to connect for some time, and I know this morning wasn't an easy morning for you, so I'm really, really grateful for you coming and for us to be having what I know is going to be a beautiful conversation. Thanks so much, Joss. It's a pleasure for me to be here. I know we've been trying this for probably a year. <laughs> Trust the timing, as always. Yes, we're parenting. always. <laughs> Yeah. So and I'm I'll just really intru- glad to be here. Thank you. My pleasure. Um, so I'll just introduce you so if, if people aren't familiar with you, just so that everybody knows who you are. So Hafa is an aware parenting instructor based in Brisbane, Australia, who is originally from Brazil. She's been living in Australia since 2016, and her background was work as a food engineer in big corporations all around the world. She is the mother of two young children and familiar with the challenges of juggling parenthood with a career. In 2022, she became an aware parenting instructor and founded The Conscious Hive, a platform dedicated to assisting working parents in achieving a harmonious balance in their lives through the principles of aware parenting. So that is so beautiful. What an amazing journey. And I love that you are so focused and committed to trying to support parents with the big juggle of managing to raise our children in this beautiful way, whilst also navigating all the other demands and stresses of life. And it's interesting that this morning you had a perfect example of that. And we have so much that we're juggling when we are trying to to do this in our family. So I'm really looking forward to talking to you about that. I wonder if you might start, though, just by talking to us a little bit about how you found Aware Parenting and what it was about it that resonated for you. 100%. Thank you. So I was a working, working woman, very busy, working full time, very focused in my career. And in 2018, I decided to, to get pregnant. And I wanted to keep the same pace. So I thought I had this belief that a baby won't change much. I don't want this baby to change much of my career, my achievements. So I kept going and everything changed when while I was starting to enjoy and connect with the baby and feel more connected with the pregnancy, 30 weeks, my water started to leak. And then in two days, my baby was born premature, two months premature. And it was that moment, you know, when you read those books and they said, oh, this thing happened to me. And it was this transformative life experience, something like that. This is what happened to me when my son was born. 
all that noise, all that business, work, friends, this external noise, it disappeared completely. And then it was, I think, the first moment in my life that I really felt connected with myself. And everything else disappeared. The focus was in my son. I was just, my life was wake up and go to the hospital and hold him for as much as I could. I would just get in there, take my shirts off, ask the nurses to put him. Of course, he was premature, 30 weeks. He needed breathing support. He needed light support, uh, feeding support. So he was in an incubator for a couple of weeks. And I would just sit there, hold him without really knowing why I was doing it or the reasons behind. I just wanted to keep him on my chest as much as I could. And then in three hours, I would give him back, pump, eat, go to the toilet, come back, hold him. And I was doing this for quite a long time. And the doctors, I remember, they would come and see us and say, oh, we're not disturbing you. This is the best place he could be right now. So we'll come and check on him at night when you're not here. So they gave me this, this idea that he would need to spend 10 weeks in hospital. There were a lot of risks, lots of risks of not surviving, brain bleeding, um, difficult to develop his breathing, and the risk of needing breathing support for a long time, risks of developmental cognitive development or motor skills development there was a list like it was quite shocking and stressful but I would, everything I felt I could do for him was to hold him give him my milk that's all I could do and then after a week he was he didn't need any more respiratory support after two weeks he was he moved from the Nico to just special care. After three weeks, he was breastfeeding. After four weeks, he was already with the weight of a newborn baby on term. After five weeks, he was discharged and I could bring my baby home. And he is now turning five years <laughs> next week. And he has no delay in his development nothing he never gets sick <laughs> he never needed to get antibiotics or anything so he's a miracle oh. and he's my miracle oh because oh your beautiful tears he changed my well. life completely <laughs> oh so yeah. i like to say that that's how I started my journey in our parenting because although I didn't know anything about our parenting, I was practicing classical attachment parenting, which is like one of the principles of our parenting. And very, very soon, just, you know, doing all the classical attachment parenting stuff, just co-sleeping and carrying him on me all day and 
breastfeeding on the man. He was a very chubby baby. I would keep him on, on my breast all the time. There was this this piece of the puzzle that wasn't working for me because from the classical attachment parenting, I got this idea that I couldn't let him cry. I needed to keep my baby happy all the time. So by the time he was 10 months old, I was completely exhausted, depleted, depressed. Um, it was just not working at all. And then I started ask help. I remember joining a group of moms and asking, hey, do you guys practice attachment parenting? Is this working for you? <laughs> like it was a, a group of Brazilian moms because of course we don't have any family here in Australia. So we didn't have much support. So I asked them, how you guys do it? Because it's just not sustainable for me. I don't feel like, I feel like at some point I'll just you know, get so depressed that I won't be able to look after him anymore. And then someone, she messaged me saying, oh, are you familiar with Marion Rose's work? I think what you're looking for is our parenting. And that's how I went to Marion's website. I remember reading her articles, started to listen to the podcast, and then everything made sense to me. I was able to keep the same values that I wanted to build this safe attachment with my child, but at the same time, meet my own needs. It was okay to look after me as well. It was okay to look at our family as one and find balanced ways for all of us to thrive, not just the baby. So we are part of this family as well. So. That was my first encounter with our parenting. And then after that, I just read all the books, could, wanted to do all the courses I, I could. And from there on, I could see the difference in my family. And I was able to go back to work when he was one and a half years old and just naturally practicing our parenting, not only with him, but with my partner at work as well. So, and after a while, a little bit of time of adjusting, I was performing at work the same way that I was performing before being a mom, but not working that hard not hard but not overworking as much as I was before but just by really being present prioritizing um what I needed to prioritize learning how to offer limits at work learning how to listen with empathy at work so those things helped me to find the balance that I needed and at the same time I was able to keep that beautiful connection with my child at home so I found this balance and that's what I love of everything that our parenting gives so beautifully to us. This piece of the balance for me is what I love the most and what made the most impact in my life. And that's why I'm here today. That's what I'm here to help other parents to achieve as well. Oh, wow. 
Hafa, that's such a beautiful story. Thank you so much for sharing. And I just want to send so much love to your beautiful tears as well as you were sharing that. Of course, that would have been, I imagine every time you speak about that experience, it's a deeply touching and and painful experience to to recount. So I'm so grateful for you to share it with us in such a beautiful and vulnerable way. And I'm offering you the biggest, biggest hug. And I really, I really loved the words that you used to describe that whole process. I really uh, want to so acknowledge you and everything that you did to support your beautiful boy. I imagine going through an experience like that would be incredibly stressful for you as a mother. And to be hearing about a long list of medical and cognitive risks and challenges that your baby might be facing, so, so stressful. And I so love your deep, intuitive knowing that what you had to do in order to support him at that time was to just be there and to hold him, to have him on your skin and and to be him experiencing your touch in order to minimize the stress of all of the different procedures and machines and all of the things that he was facing in order to survive. And so I really, really want to just acknowledge how amazing it is and the profound impact of you doing that, both in terms of him then and being able to get out of hospital and to start feeding and to start breathing by himself so soon, but also on him now and how he is this beautiful, healthy, extraordinarily, amazingly gorgeous little boy now, aged five, with none of those challenges still impacting on who he is and how he is in the world. I just think that's so, so extraordinary. And I also really hear the exhaustion and the overwhelm and the stress, both of that initial period that initial sort of 5 to 10 weeks when he when he were you know emergency care for him and then that huge overwhelm and exhaustion of being then a mother practicing attachment parenting and and all of these beautiful things that you could so see were absolutely vital for him and for you but at such a cost to our own ability mm-hmm. to to survive and to thrive yeah. because we have no family i was it was the same for me and, and the hugeness of just trying to do all this by ourselves without support particularly for you having been through such an incredibly mm-hmm. stressful experience so i love that you were able to then find aware parenting and how beautifully it spoke to you to be allowing you to continue to offer this amazing attachment that that meant so much to you and that you could clearly see was so amazing for your boy and to also see this this missing piece around meeting your needs and i love what you were saying too about the reach of aware parenting when we really embrace it and understand what it has to offer us not just in terms of supporting our children but also with our partners and also at work and i loved how you described that as bringing that sense of presence and and prioritization and offering limits and boundaries in the workplace and also offering empathic listening and how that then supported you to have a much more enjoyable experience at work all whilst also having this beautiful, strong and profound connection with your son at the same time. I just think that is, that's amazing because that that's what we all want. Yeah. Thank you, Joss. Yeah. And I, I could see that I, of course, be, before becoming a mother, I didn't see the parents, but after I went back to work, I started to 
of course, you start to connect with other parents and you see everyone is really trying to do their best. And there are so many challenges. I see so many families really just trying their best to do to be the best they can at work, the best they can at home with their children. But for me, I see the struggles, but I also see the aware parenting tools. And for me, it's like I really want to help those people to to get access to this. So I remember having conversations with other working moms like me and of course, I went back to work. I decided to go part-time. So I was only three days a week. So that's how I found some balance for myself as well. And of course, I spent one and a half year with my child at home. I know I'm in this bubble of privilege. It's not the case for majority of working moms around the world, not only in Australia. I know that. So I could see the the struggles of needing to come back to work sometimes too soon. I know in US they don't have even three months of parental leave sometimes. And in Australia, majority of moms come back after five months of maternity leave. And it's heartbreaking. So I remember connecting with other parents and, of course, coming from different backgrounds, different realities, moms that went back to work quite early because they needed, moms who needed to go back to work full time. And I remember sharing about our parenting or close friends who knew that I was practicing this at home. And they would just come to me and say, this is beautiful. I love it. I can see what you're doing. You're learning so much. This is not for me because I don't have time. I'm too busy. I'm working full time. The little time that I have home with my kids is just dinner, bath, books, bed. And during the weekend, we do the best we can. We have sports to go. We have swimming class. So we just really, I don't have any time to just stop and read all these books you're reading and do all these courses you're doing. This is, I don't have the time. So I need to stick to what is actually working for me. So it really works. And usually what works is punishment and rewards. We know it works in the short term, right? But we're not parenting for the short term. Our relationship with our children is forever. So that's where I see that actually, how can I help these parents to bring their parenting message and knowledge and information and tools in a way that is easy for them to get it, but also those little bits of things that we can implement from our parenting at home, how this can actually improve so much the juggle and the stress that working parents go through every day. In the morning, it's like a common sense. It's mornings are stressful. We wake up late. Children, they don't want to wake up. And then they wake up, they want breakfast. But I don't want my post cut this way. I don't want the pink cup. I want the, the red cup. And no, I want, I don't want to sit here. I want to sit in there. And then the siblings start to, to have 
conflicts and things like that. And this is just, okay, mornings are stressful. We just need to deal with this. And then we rush to school and then we get to school. And then I'm already late for a meeting. So I really need to drop you. Yes, you're crying, but go with the teacher. And I'm not judging the parents. Just this is what actually happens. And if we have a little bit of our parenting, just starting the day with playing for 10, 15 minutes with our children, we could try to do that one day and we see the magic. We see how they will feel so much more connected to us and things started to run a little bit more easier and maybe there will be a little cry but if we understand that crying is part of this process of releasing their emotions okay it might be that after the cry they will feel much more relaxed and then things will go smooth they will need to to fight to get in the car seats and if they feel so connected to us in the morning they might not feel that separation anxiety when we're dropping them off to school or something like that so i can see how little bits of our parenting could actually make this huge difference we drop our children crying at school because we have this extremely important meeting and then when we get to the meeting we are just feeling guilty and we are not present with our child who was crying to be with us. And we are not present in that meeting because we are thinking about that. So it doesn't work. We are just juggling everything and not being present in any of the scenarios we are. We're not being present with our children because we are rushing. And we are not being present at work because we are worrying about how they're feeling. Right? So I think that's the the biggest challenge of finding balance. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> I loved how you were sharing that because the reality of life for most parents is incredibly difficult and stressful. And I think like you say, often we are in a, a bit of a bubble in, in aware parenting that we um, often are, are making different choices or, or perhaps we are surrounded by other people who are also doing it this way and so this is how we want to be doing it but the reality of life for most parents is that it's very stressful they're juggling a lot going back to work when their children are still very young and then wanting quick fixes in parenting to to work and to make life as manageable as possible and mm -hmm. to navigate all of these challenges but i really loved how you were talking about actually when we can bring in small brief bits of play, for example, at the beginning of the day, it really supports our children to feel more connected to us. And when they feel connected to us, it all runs more smoothly or listening to feelings if there's a bit of crying at the beginning of the day or just, you know, small pieces of aware parenting that bring such a big difference for our children and for us. And I loved also what you were saying about the reality of this stressful experience of motherhood and parenthood for us all and how that also creates lots of stress and tension for us and, and feelings of guilt and overwhelm and, and beating ourselves up that we're not doing things right and our own trauma that, that gets touched in this whole process too and how 
Aware Parenting gives us the opportunity to get support and space for our feelings too. And then that means that we can juggle all the other stuff so much more enjoyably and and so much more gracefully than when we're just trying to push through, punish the kids when they're not behaving the way that we want to, and just be disconnected from them, disconnected from us, disconnected Mm -hmm. from life. So I really love that, that profoundness of just small bits of the aware parenting approach to transform all of that. Yes, I I agree with you. We're We've been the aware parenting journey. You're here much longer than me, but we somehow we put ourselves in this bubble and we start to believe that everyone is actually doing it. And because we're just surrounding ourselves by other families who are doing it, but the reality is different. Very, very, very different. I feel like I love when you said about the disconnection because I feel it's like, the world, the society is trying to keep us running and juggling everything through this connection while aware parenting comes and we actually need to connect to be able to do everything. So for example, I remember it starts with pregnancy, Jules. I remember while pregnant, I read a book, which I won't say which book was here, but uh, it was a very famous book around the female executives, female leaders, and she's a very successful um, female leader in the world. And I remember there's a chapter of the book that she was saying, don't leave before you leave. You just, while you're pregnant or... For example, you're thinking about getting pregnant, but if you're pregnant, just keep going. Keep your job as exciting as possible. Don't slow down anything. Just keep until the very last day. So when you're back, you'll you'll find that it's as excited as it was because you have this baby with you and your job needs to be really good. So you want to leave the baby so you can go back to work. So at the time, it made sense to me, but now I just think we're just hitching mothers, like what happened to me, to start disconnecting since the pregnancy. Don't get too attached to your baby because you need to go back to work at some point. So it will be easier for you if you're not so connected. So what I... I would like to bring from our parenting is the importance of connecting to your baby. The importance of being present during your pregnancy is, yeah, it's okay to slow things down. It's okay to prioritize your health, your baby, your pregnancy. We know about all the trauma we can um, we can pass on to our babies during the pregnancy. And then I remember during maternity leave, joining the the mother's group from the council and we were basically being taught how to make our babies as independent as quick as possible by teaching them how to sleep by themselves by teaching them there was a time to feed by I remember like the nurse explains to us how to actually pet our baby and don't make any eye contact to them. So 
they could learn to sleep by themselves. And again, our parenting comes in and say, hey, it's actually the opposite. It's resilience, emotional resilience. Our babies, it's not true learning how to be alone, learning how to be by themselves since early the early days of their lives is actually the opposite. They need to feel this connection with us. They need to feel safe and secure and learn how to express their emotions, feel safe to do so. That's how they will feel ready. And when it's time for them to become independent, they will be. And of course, needing to go back to work after maternity leave, how many mothers told me, oh, yes, and then I needed to go to sleep training because I needed to go back to work. So there was no way I would go back to work and my child was not sleeping at night. So the sleep training is just like the the default option. We have to do this before going back to work. Otherwise, there is no way. And we know, yes, there is a way. There is a, another way to meet your needs of sleep and your child needs of sleep as well. And then, of course, when the child starts to go to school, daycare is just, yeah, I, I, I have experienced this. If your child is crying, you just leave immediately and just they will, they will calm down in a while. And so, again, this connection. And I've also experienced this message from schools and, yeah, the child is will learn how to not to cry when you leave her here. The child will build resilience and the way that she'll build resilience will be day after day that you'll drop her here, she'll be crying, and but then you'll come back and you'll pick her up. And I even heard once the best way you can teach a child about separation anxiety is actually saying goodnight to her in her bed and then leaving the bedroom she'll fall asleep she'll wake up she'll see you next day in the morning and then that's how she'll learn that you'll be there for her and and then she'll repeat that same thing at school so again this connection mm-hmm. and this is the message that we receive in the mainstream community and I say I am I consider myself a mainstream parent and that's what it worries me that this those are the messages that we receive that's how we are being kind of guided to to juggle everything that's how we do it if your child misbehaves it's time out or again I've even uh, heard this from a co-worker when my son was having a little bit of separation anxiety at school and she said you know just find something that he really wants to have and tell him if he doesn't cry for 10 days straight you give him a star and then when he collects 10 stars you give him the present This is the message that we are receiving because we are in this mainstream world. And I want to change that. I want to bring our parenting message. I want to make sure that mainstream parents are receiving 
their parenting message. And this will one day will become the mainstream advice. Mm-hmm. I really want to make sure that working parents, full-time parents, mainstream parents don't look into our parenting and think, this is not for me. You need to have a more alternative lifestyle to go through this tough conscious parenting. No, I want this to actually be the mainstream. And, and it has everything because nothing from our parenting was developed by, you know, Alita's just experiences. Of course, there was her experience, but there's a lot of studies behind. There's a lot of science behind everything that she created with our parenting. So we have the information, we have the background, we have all the science behind, and we have our experiences as well. So you don't have to live in a certain way. You don't have to be a stay-at-home mom to have our parenting in your family. So, yeah. Oh, that was so powerful, actually, listening to you speaking then. And I really loved how you described that society is constantly guiding us all from the very first moments of pregnancy towards disconnection and disconnection from our children. And yet what we know and understand from aware parenting is that it's, it is the connection piece that is the most important aspect of this approach. And that sense that the true true resilience from our children comes from them experiencing deep connection to us and not experiencing that premature separation from us. Because of course, when our children are separated from us too early, that then creates this breakdown in the connection in the relationship, which then creates a breakdown in their their connection and their relationship with themselves. They learn to suppress their feelings. They learn to compromise their authenticity. And there is just then, of course, the outcome of all that is, is just disconnection and living for them a disconnected life too. And I loved how you described that, that there is another way and that, that aware parenting can actually be accessible for all all of us, for everybody. It's not something that is only relevant for, for some who are living alternative lifestyles, for example. And I love that you brought in the fact that it is based on a strong scientific research basis so that mm-hmm. it is something that we know to be true and it's something that we can all have access to. So I think that's really beautiful. I wonder if you might be willing to share then some of the ways that you can bring more connection. I know you touched on this before, but what are some of the ways that you recommend for parents to be prioritizing connection, to be offering more connection for our children and for ourselves as part of this process? Yeah, I believe we start really prioritizing the connection with ourselves first. If we are willing to feel really connected with our children, I would say start by separating a few minutes for yourself every day. I know it's hard. I know we're all tired. We just want to wake up and then go to bed, watch Netflix and fall asleep. But if we are willing to experience change, it, it doesn't need to be like big thing it can be just 10 minutes having a cup of tea by yourself just reading a book something that you love talking to a friend something that first brings the connection within 
simple things, just find one thing that works. And then what I would say is things that work starting the day with connection. First thing, instead of just rushing for the breakfast, rushing for getting ready to school, separate 10 minutes for play. Just be really present with your child. Play. Don't look at your phone. Don't take pictures. You can even set up the timer. It's just like, okay, we have 10 minutes. That's it. We have 10 minutes. We'll set up the timer and we'll play and just let them lead the play. We, we call this child-centered play in our parenting, but it can be just special time with your child. If you want to tell them, oh, we'll have some special time now and play. And then when the time is off, there might be tears and that's actually a good thing. When they cry, when they have a tantrum after feeling connected to you, it just means that they're now feeling safe enough to express their emotions. And while they're expressing their emotions, they're actually releasing stress from their bodies. This is a biological thing. This is important for their bodies to go back to balance. And okay, it might be another extra 10, 15 minutes of crying. And then after that, right, we'll go for breakfast. And you'll see things running a little bit easier for you. And then if you know that your child experienced some separation anxiety, drop-offs or things like that, you can play about this as well. What I use it to do when my son had some separation anxiety to, to go to family daycare, we use it to plan, like to wake up a bit earlier, do the, the little bit of play. And then before going to, to drop him, we would leave early. And by the time we were almost at the daycare, we would pretend we missed the way and then we got lost. And there was a lot of laughs. Like we just, oh no, we don't know the way. And I'm like, no, you need to turn here. And then lots of laughs. Oh no, we're lost. Or we would stop uh, in a playground on our way to daycare and have a little bit more time in there. Or for example, we would park the car a little bit, not too close to the center. So we could have a little walk together. And if there were any crying, we, because we, we had planned our schedule, we had a little bit of time to be there and listen to his feelings in there. And if we didn't, we, you, we would offer some loving limits. We would say, sweetheart, I can stay here with you. I have 15 minutes. And after this time is gone, mommy will really need to leave. And we, we would do that. And we would listen to the feelings a little bit. And okay, there is a day that I really don't have any time. I'll need to drop them off. They're crying. Yeah, to work. But you know, by the time we're going to pick her child back from school or daycare, you'll prioritize some time for them. We're not going to rush to prepare dinner. We're not going to rush to, to go to swimming class or soccer or anything like that. It's just we'll connect. We'll connect through play do something they love, we'll do some play that involves some body contact so they can feel the physical connection. It really helps. And then again, there might be some tantrums, some tears. We know this is important for them. 
And then only after that, well, okay, now we'll have some dinner, now we'll get everything, you know, the night routine and something like that. And just, it, it's not a lot, like, it's not a lot. To implement those things, we don't need to really um, compromise a lot of our time. I know it sounds much easier to just offer a reward okay if you get in the car now i'll give you a chocolate or if you don't do this you lose this privilege or something like that i know that sometimes it's a quick fix and it works but we as i mentioned in the beginning we are not parenting our children short term this is a life relationship those things, they will compromise our connection to them in the future. It will compromise the connection with themselves, as, as you mentioned, just. And we don't want that. We want them to thrive, right? So, yes, I believe this, of course, there's a lot of more things we can do. But if I would say, if you're starting right now, those are the little things we could do to feel a little bit more connection with them in a busy day. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I love that. It's so beautiful, isn't it? And I love that you started with us and bringing connection to us at, at the first of that, because often when we're learning new ways of being with our children, we're really focused on the children and meeting their needs. And okay, if they need to play in the morning, then we'll get up a bit earlier and we'll play. But I think the, the essential aspect around taking care of ourselves and meeting our own needs too, right at the beginning, right before anything else that we offer to our children is so important because otherwise we're just forcing and coercing and pushing ourselves through without actually tending to ourselves, which is also not sustainable. So I love that you started there. And I just think it's so profound what you're describing, the, the power of offering presence and connection to our children in small ways. And I love that you mm -hmm. said like first thing in the morning, offering them connection and, and reframing if there's tears there, that it's actually something that we welcome because we can understand that it is a natural, biological, therapeutic release for them to come back to returning to balance and prioritizing connection at times where separation is coming. So I love those games you were describing, particularly the ones which bring lots of laughter and, and silliness around, you know, getting lost on the way but also bringing in some listening to feelings and, and maybe some loving limits there too. And then also prioritizing when you go to pick them up, these little moments of, of connection so that instead of rushing around doing lots of things after school, you understand the, the value and the importance of, of just giving them some of your presence and some of your undivided attention. Again, listening to tantrums and tears, if that's what comes up. And really, it's it's interesting because parents often think, oh, this is just yet another job that I have to do. And of course, we're not for one moment suggesting that parenting in this way in our in our nuclear families or, or as a single parent is not absolutely stressful and very, very difficult. But what we can see with aware parenting time and time again is that when we invest small moments of time to prioritize and to meet our children's needs for connection in these ways, it actually makes life easier 
and better and more enjoyable because our children are are feel feeling connected and they they're more cooperative and it's actually easier so it's like a short-term investment to, mm-hmm. to actually brings you more ease and more harmony and more peace and more fun to parenting and i loved what you're saying again that you you mentioned that again about the long-term relationship of parenthood and that you know, when we go for these quick fixes of punishments and rewards, for example, it means that our children are not going to feel safe and connected to us. They're going to learn that basically they're only lovable if they behave a certain way and that it's it's okay to be manipulated into behaving mm-hmm. in certain ways in order to keep other people happy rather than actually showing up in their authentic self. So I really love how you describe that. I'd love to ask you, Hafa, about your processing and anything that you're willing to share about your own journey and your own healing that um, Aware Parenting has invited you to to go into because often parents come to Aware Parenting thinking it's all about the kids and actually as you mentioned there like connection with ourselves is such an important part of that. What what have you found to be helpful for you and, and what would you like to share with other parents about that part of Aware Parenting, the Aware Reparenting Ourselves oh. part? so many things it's it is very common that we just start this journey for our children and naively thinking oh it's just you know I have a behavior issue here and I need to fix and then very soon we started to understand there are things for ourselves I in the beginning I remember listening to Marion's and Lyle's podcast and they were talking about repairing they were like what is this? I don't even know this word. And oh no, I've done like so many years of therapy. I don't have anything. Like, no, this is fine. I'm fine. Like, this is not going to affect me until one day I understood what they were talking about. It it was like the very first reparenting experience for me was when my son he was around 18 months old and he started to not wanting me to do things for him anymore. He just wanted his dad. It was He was, in my feelings, I was feeling very rejected. I was the one, like, doing everything since the beginning. And then suddenly there was this, no, 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 I don't want you. I just want dad. And then... I knew all the reasons behind. I knew the autonomy development piece that he was going through almost two years old. I knew the feelings, like the accumulation of feelings. So I understood everything that he had in behind his behavior. I already, at that point, I was already studying a lot about our parenting. But even though I knew why, I knew how to respond to him. I knew how to play with him to address those things. I was feeling still really, really hurt. So that was the first time that I was, okay, so there's something here to me that he is inviting me to look at. And then it was one day talking to my mom that I told her, oh, this is happening and I'm feeling really rejected. And she told me, well, this is normal. you You'll feel like that sometimes. I remember when I, me and your dad, we were getting divorced. Uh, I would feel rejected because from you choosing him, or sometimes I'm sure he would also feel rejected thinking that you would love me more than him. So that's when I 
realized that what I was feeling was things from the past when my my parents got a divorce. I was like 12 years old. And I remember feeling the pressure, thinking that I needed to choose who I loved more. Sometimes if I was with my dad, I would need to choose him. If I was with my mom, I would need to love her more. And I remember being in that situation. So when my son, he was choosing his dad, he was actually helping me to reconnect with those feelings from my 12 years old, who was in that position of, wow, I need to choose one or another. So this was a deep invitation to me. I thought I had work around those things in therapy. And then I had a session with an OR parenting instructor at that time, and she beautifully guided me through a reparenting practice of, I remember the questions, and I think they're actually Marian Method's questions like, what did you need at that time? What did you want to hear from your parents? And I remember when I did that that, uh, process, I realized, wow. I didn't need them to not get a divorce. I just needed them to tell me and to feel that we were still connected as a family. And then I I told those things to myself. But one day when my son was really being very um, like, no, I don't want you. No, no, no. I just held him with my partner. We held hands. And then I told him. We are a family. We are always connected. I love you. We'll always be together no matter what. You don't have to choose one of us that you love more. We all love you. I was actually saying those things to me, my little 12 years old. And after that experience, it was beautiful. He then sat on my lap. He had a little cry. I had a little cry too. And the behavior... After that, it just started to disappear, and then suddenly it was gone. So that was the first and probably one of the most profound reparenting experience. Of course, there were many after that. The portal opens, and (laughs) 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 but yeah, this was the most like the most impactful one for me. Oh, thank you for sharing that so beautifully, so honestly, and I think it's. It is such a profound moment, isn't it, when we have those first experiences? Because, uh, yeah, I was similar. I mean, I remember back in the day when we first started Aware Parenting and and I had a session or I had several sessions with Marion. And this is like, you know, nearly 20 years ago. And she would say, you know, look to yourself and to to see what's there for you in this. And I'd be like, no, I don't want to do that. I just want to fix my son. I want to make my daughter sleep. (laughs) Right. I don't want to do that. I've spent my life, you know, keeping that fairly tightly buried. And also, of course, that it's only through these experiences with our children that those parts of us are ever going to be touched. So even if we have had lots of therapy, these exact moments are not going to be reflected back to us unless it's through our children and and their experiences and their behaviors. But I love your description of that, how you went through and then identified the parts that were in there for for you and where they came from and that you were then able to process some of that and to understand that more deeply and then to to offer that beautiful experience to him of of 
reassurance and deep love and deep connection. And to also then imagine as you are speaking those words to him, speaking those words to the younger parts of you and how incredibly beautiful and healing and transformative that can be for for everybody in the family. And I love that. I've done that so many times myself where I say things to my children and whilst I'm speaking them to them with deep, deep love and connection, I also am imagining my younger parts receiving those words too. And it's just, oh, it's so beautiful. It's so profound, isn't it? What a gift. It's beautiful. Beautiful. Mm. Yeah. Thank you. I think that's a beautiful place to finish this this conversation, which has just been really, really touching. Thank you, Hafa. So I'd love to ask you then, how can people get hold of you? Where do you share? the aware parenting work that you offer so i'm present in social media facebook instagram linkedin as the conscious hive and my website will be being released soon i think in a week really excited about that so exciting (laughs) (laughs) and to work with me i offer one-on-one sessions so if you just need um, one single session, I offer single sessions and also a mentoring program for three months. This is usually what I recommend because, you know, just to work with our parenting, we need the time. We, we have so many tools and explanations and, you know, information to share. So I usually recommend the three-month work. And I also have a group mentoring at the moment i'm running a group here in brisbane in person and also i offer workshops if you are working parent and you're listening to this and you would like me to come to your workplace i would be more than happy to come and offer a workshop it's for free i'm really committed to share our parenting message in the workplaces childcare centers schools so happy to offer a workshop for free yeah beautiful thank you so much and i will share all of those links in the show notes and the last thing that i always ask the people who i have the pleasure of having these beautiful conversations with is If you could go back to the beginning of your parenting journey, knowing what you know now, what would you say to yourself or what would you love to have known at the beginning that you now really understand? Oh, I would offer so much more compassion to myself. I would tell myself that I don't need to be the perfect mom. It doesn't exist. If I do just my best and look after myself, my children will thrive and it's the connection beats. Yeah, just compassion, look after yourself and just focus on the connection and everything will be okay. Oh, that's so nice. That's so nice. I'm imagining people listening to this early on in their parenting journey and being so reassured by that beautiful message. It's so often that really where parenting synthesizes down into that connection and Mm. compassion. That's really, Mm. really the true deep message underneath it all and all the tools and all the strategies and all the theoretical framework. That's really what it comes down to. And that's so beautiful and so profound and achievable for all of us in little ways. 
so nice. Mm. Oh, Hafa, thank you so, so much for taking time. I'm so glad that we got together. Your beautiful daughter slept all the way through. Of course she did. So you could share exactly what you wanted to say. I've so enjoyed this conversation. I'm so grateful for you for making time. It was such a pleasure. Thank you so much, Jules. It was a pleasure to talk to you. Thank you. Thank you for joining me on Aware Parenting Stories. I hope you enjoyed this episode. To find out more, please visit my website, www.awareparenting.com.au and follow me on social media at Aware Parenting with Joss. I wish you much connection and love on your parenting adventures. Mm-hmm.